0: Modern life. Between careers, kids, and health, it can be mayhem. That's why we're here. I'm Dr. Lisa Varghese Kroll.
1: And I'm Dr. Lanre Falusi. We're physicians, moms, and longtime friends who break it all down for you. Wondering how to juggle all the balls and still stay sane? Looking for advice, but don't want to be overwhelmed?
0: Curious about how to make the most out of life for your family, but enjoy it at the same time? You're in the right place. Welcome to Health and Home with the Hippocratic hosts. On this episode, we're talking about COVID vaccines for kids under five. What vaccines are available? Why should our little ones get vaccinated? And what does all this have to do with the flu? Plus, our hack of the week may have you imagining yourself on a magical carpet ride. Keep listening to hear all that and more.
1: Hey, Elise. Hey, Lon. So something monumental happened when we were on our summer break. Monumental. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you finally did your spring cleaning? <laughs>
1: uh, uh, no, but you know, October isn't too late, right? No, no it's, it's spring November, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, something that's health related happened.
0: Health related. Okay. We, uh, beneficial for our health. Uh, we ate a lot of chocolate.
1: No. I mean, yes, yes, we did. <laughs> yes, that, that's always <laughs> that's, true. That's <yes>, always true <laughs> in run of the season. But that's not actually what I was thinking.
0: Oh, I know. COVID vaccines were finally FDA approved for kids under five. Yes.
1: Woo! <laughs> so, as you know, I have two kids under five and lots of patients under five years old. And you have cousins of that age group. So, right. we were both so excited to hear the news for our loved ones
0: seriously you know we both know many many parents of young kids who had been waiting for this news which came about a year and a half after the first adult received a COVID vaccine
1: right i know so many families ours included who stayed in a bubble for quite some time even after most adults had received the vaccine there's so many difficult decisions about whether to send your unvaccinated toddler to daycare so that you could go to work you know or if you send just the older kids to visit the grandparents since the younger kids are unvaccinated and rapid tests weren't always available you know i know but now
0: yay Uh everyone aged six months and older is eligible for a COVID vaccine right Now, we've done a few episodes on COVID vaccines for adults and older kids, including our episode 23, which was a joint episode with public health leaders, and episode 26 on travel in the time of COVID.
1: Right. So we're focusing this episode on COVID vaccines for kids under five. You know, not that we don't love our school-age kids and teenagers. I mean, seriously, (laughs) thank you, older kids and teens, for being a reminder that the toddler tantrum phase is just a phase. (laughs) Thank God. <laughs> this too shall pass. <laughs> this too shall pass. Yeah. But we're talking specifically about young kids today because that seems to be the age group where parents have the most questions about COVID vaccines, you know, especially since they're newer for that particular age group.
0: Right. And of course, an important caveat. So expert guidance changes as researchers gain more information on personal and public risk levels. So always make sure to check reputable sources as you're trying to make decisions about your child's health. We'll link to some of these resources in our show notes at HippocraticCoast.com.
1: All right, so let's start from the top. What vaccines are currently available for kids under five? So specifically, we're talking about kids from six months of age up to five years, but not quite reaching their five-year-old birthday. So we're talking six months up through four years and 364 days right <laughs> so from here on we'll just refer to them as six months to through four years all right so those kids can get their primary series from the pfizer biontech vaccine or the moderna vaccine both of those have been authorized for emergency use by the fda after going through some really thorough review of the safety and the efficacy based on the studies both vaccine regimens actually showed similar antibody response in kids as compared to the adult studies, even though, and I think this is so interesting, even though young kids actually get a much smaller dose than adults do.
0: It is interesting, right? I agree. Like
1: for this age group, the Pfizer vaccine is only one-tenth of the adult dose, and the Moderna vaccine is one-fourth of the adult dose. Um, there are no concerns about the safety of either vaccine during the trial, so that's great. And now that we're several months in and millions more children have received the vaccines, we aren't seeing reports of significant side effects or new concerns. So that should be really reassuring to parents out there, you know, that the studies show that they work and that they're safe. And even since then, we've had millions of kids uh, go through the primary series for this age and we're not seeing anything, any negative side effects
0: exactly and and we always say you know you and i always say that 99 percent of physicians get their own children vaccinated which should really tell you something um you know physicians aren't going to put their own children at at, knowingly at risk so i think that that should hopefully reassure people but a few more details about each type of vaccine uh the pfizer for children six months through four years that's given in three doses the second dose is given three weeks after the first dose and the third dose is at least eight weeks after the second dose. For Moderna, for children six months to less than six years, that's given in two doses, four to eight weeks apart. Now, the studies showed that both vaccines lead to a significantly lower risk of severe illness and hospitalization, which is ultimately what we want to see in vaccines. It's hard to say if one vaccine is better than the other because the methodology for the studies was a little different, but public health and pediatric organizations have been saying pretty much the same thing, that it's important for all children six months and older to get the vaccine and to get whichever brand is available.
1: Right, right. And I hear some people say, and I don't know if you hear this also, that they're choosing the Moderna vaccine because it's two doses rather than Pfizer's three yes. doses. And,
0: and it, who can blame them? <laughs> who can blame them? Yeah.
1: And I think that's fine, you know. Um, but I would just encourage people to not delay getting right. the vaccine for that reason. Right? right. So if you're in your pediatrician's office and they offer the Pfizer vaccine and that's all that they have, I'd say go ahead and get it, mm-hmm. you know, and right. you start that process sooner of getting fully vaccinated. And there are actually ongoing studies to see if a third dose of the Moderna vaccine will be beneficial for this age group. So who knows, eventually there may be a three-dose series for both of them. Um, So that's not a reason to delay getting the vaccine if you prefer having two doses rather than three.
0: Right, exactly. And it's also important for us to mention that we're just talking about the primary series for kids under five. At the time of this recording, there hasn't been a booster dose approved for that age group yet, but it could be on the horizon, we'll see.
1: Yeah, and grownups out there, let this serve as your reminder. If you haven't gotten your bivalent booster, which specifically protects against the Omicron strain that's the most prevalent right now, then now's the time. Just go to vaccines.gov to find a site near you super easy, you put in your address and you get a list of clinics and drugstores and other places, community sites where you can get the COVID vaccine.
0: Right. Now, a common question that we often get is, why does my child need the COVID vaccine? Isn't COVID mild in kids? Isn't the pandemic pretty much over? (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know, the short answer is, COVID can be serious and even deadly in kids, not just adults. Right now, getting everyone vaccinated is the best way to prevent serious illness and to truly end this pandemic.
1: Right, right. And you know, when you look at how many children died of chickenpox and meningitis mm-hmm. before those vaccines were created, those numbers were scary. You know, right? those are actually deadly diseases. But here's the thing, COVID-19 in just two years killed more young kids than many of those other illnesses did over the course of several years. And right now, we routinely and very happily vaccinate against those other illnesses. So it's great to now include COVID-19 in that group of illnesses that can be very dangerous and that we can now vaccinate against.
0: Right. And, you know, that's the thing. We collectively don't have that memory because most of us don't remember when children were dying of chickenpox and meningitis. And so we don't realize that fewer of them died of those diseases than are dying of COVID. And yet we hear more questioning about the COVID vaccine. Right. So let's take a closer look at where we are with COVID-19 and kids. So based on data from the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which we'll link to in our show notes at HippocraticCoast.com, about 15 million children have contracted COVID since the start of the pandemic. And that number is probably an underestimate that may not include many who test at home and don't report it to their state health departments.
1: Right, it's about 15 million kids in the US alone have contracted COVID. And of them, about 1,500, about 1,500, have tragically lost their lives due to mm-hmm. COVID, with about a third of them being kids under five, which is really horrible. I mean, yeah. we're still learning about some of the more serious complications of COVID, like multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children, or MISC c or MISC c and long COVID. And autoimmune complications, like the increased risk of developing type 1 diabetes in children mm. who've had COVID. You know, I really worry, and I know you do too, about like what could those COVID complications mean for these kids? They have their entire lives ahead of them. And meanwhile, you know, this virus that is so unusual is increasing the risk of autoimmune diseases and your know, chronic illness.
0: Right, and we have no studies right on the long-term effects of COVID because exactly. it didn't exist two years ago. Exactly. But we have plenty of studies on the efficacy of the vaccine. Right. So if I'm going to choose between the two, I'll choose the vaccine every
1: time. Any day, yes, exactly.
0: So that's a snapshot of where we are right now. And based on the data from other countries, many public health experts are predicting another COVID infection wave this winter. But that doesn't have to be inevitable. Let's get ourselves, our kids, our parents, Heck, even our neighbors, our cousins, dog walkers, dentists, BFF. Okay, we don't discriminate. Let's get them all vaccinated.
1: You know, but despite the fact that the COVID vaccines are safe and they work, only about 9% of kids six months through four years old have received at least one dose of the COVID vaccine, just 9%, compared to 38% of kids 5 to 11 years old, 67% of adolescents 12 to 17 years, and eighty four to ninety five percent of adults, depending on the age group, and granted for those older kids through adults, the vaccines have been available for longer for them, so you know we'll give some time and see if the numbers come up for the younger kids um but still, nine percent is low for um, the vaccines being available now for um for over three months mm-hmm. so if the vaccines are so safe and are so effective in the little ones why are so few people getting their kids vaccinated for now? I think there are a lot of answers to that question and we'll try to go through some thoughts from what we've read and what we've seen and, and how we think about like why people should feel reassured and feel confident in getting their kids vaccinated. I think first, maybe one of the issues was the vaccines were released much later than the Mm -hmm. adult vaccines. It was a whole 18 months later that we're finally able to get our kids under five vaccinated. And at that point, you know, death rates from the illness were starting to come down by the time that the younger kids were eligible. So it's possible that that delay eroded the sense of urgency for the kids vaccine, you know, but as we've discussed, there is still the need for vaccines in the little ones to protect themselves and to help us get closer to really putting an end to this pandemic.
0: Right, and you know, also some families have been opting to keep their babies and toddlers in a bubble anyway, wanting to wait to vaccinate until they put their kids in daycare or before they go on a trip, for example. And one important reason that this may not be the best plan to depend on is that, as we mentioned, the vaccines need two or three doses. Plus being fully vaccinated means being at least two weeks out from the last dose. So that could be anywhere from six weeks to three months after the first dose. With little kids, it's hard to know what life will look like two days from now, much less three months. Right. <laughs> so it's best to get vaccinated now so you have more options and more flexibility about how safe it'll be to send them to childcare or to visit other people.
1: Exactly, it just takes the questioning out of all the planning ahead. You right. Know, getting them vaccinated, getting them covered now means you just have yeah, more flexibility mm-hmm. looking forward um, and with the winter coming, right? Right. Um uh, so and some people may be unsure about the long term effects of the vaccines or they may feel like they're too new. And while the studies on these specific doses in kids of this particular age were done more recently, let's remember that these are actually the same vaccines that were released two years ago exactly. with technology, right, that's been around actually for a decade. So they aren't as new as it may seem, thankfully. Um, and at the same time. We do know more about the harm of COVID, as we discussed: severe respiratory illness, autoimmune disorders, and sadly, even death, even in the young age group.
0: And that's why so many parents were excited to finally have vaccines approved for the littles. Right. You know, we have research showing that vaccines help to reduce the risk of these complications. In one study, two doses of the Pfizer vaccine reduced MIS-C by ninety-one percent in youth twelve to eighteen years of age.
1: Yeah, and because of these studies showing that the vaccines are safe and that they work for kids of all ages, there actually have been very vocal and eager Mm -hmm. groups of parents encouraging one another to vaccinate. Honestly, these are all the reasons why we took our one and three-year-old girls to get vaccinated right when the vaccines were released. Mm -hmm. But, you know, don't just take our word for it. We'll link in our show notes to an Instagram series of parents who vaccinated their kids under five against COVID. Now, hear why they said yes to the vaccine and why you should consider it also.
0: Okay, quick detour. All right. Let's talk about the flu vaccine. Now, similar to COVID, infectious disease experts are predicting that this year's flu season could be worse than usual. Kids are all back in school. Fewer people are masking. There are more and more large group events. And most people were still in various forms of quarantine and lockdown for the past two winters, which means that our natural immunity from flu has waned.
1: Yeah. So consider this your PSA to get the flu vaccine, which is fully FDA approved for everyone aged six months and up. And consider getting it earlier than usual this year, since it does seem like cases are popping up earlier than typical already this fall. And please do continue masking and to also reduce the chance of catching and spreading COVID and the flu.
0: All right, let's do a roundup of common questions about the vaccine before we get to our hack of the
1: week. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. All right. So first question, can my child get the COVID vaccine and the flu vaccine on the same day? Yes, absolutely. Make it easy for yourself and schedule <laughs> the vaccines on the same day. If you're worried about side effects, you know, consider getting the vaccines on a day when they can rest at home the following day, like on a Friday before the weekend or something like that. Um, But medically, there's no reason to separate them. You can actually get them on the same day.
0: Yeah, my daughter who's older and was getting her booster, not her primary series. So this is not exactly what we're talking about in this episode, but she did get her COVID booster and her flu shot on the same day and very much enjoyed the excuse to have a movie night in her pajamas on the couch (laughs) the the next day, but seriously did just fine.
1: That's awesome.
0: (laughs) So next question, my child caught COVID and recovered. Does he or she still need the vaccine? The answer is yes. All children, including children who have already had COVID-19, should get vaccinated. One reason is because there are several different strains of the COVID virus, getting infected with one strain does not necessarily mean that your child is now immune to other strains. Also, it's not clear how long you stay immune after catching COVID. For some people, it could be a few months. For others, maybe a few weeks. So you're not guaranteed to be safe for any prolonged period of time after recovering from COVID.
1: And here's a related question. So how long after recovering from COVID does my child need to wait before getting either the primary series or for older kids, the booster? So here's the answer. The CDC does recommend waiting about three months after recovery before getting the booster for older kids. For kids under five, we're talking about just the primary series since there isn't a booster yet for that age, but there isn't really consensus on this question on how long they need to wait, but recommendations do range from about one month to three months. Okay.
0: Well, then next question, do all kids need to get the COVID vaccine or just those at high risk and who is highest risk? Well, the answer is yes. All kids six months and up are recommended to get vaccinated regardless of whether or not they have chronic illnesses or other risk factors. Remember that we vaccinate not just to protect the individual, but also to prevent spreading infection to others. And we've talked to our kids about this. Part of the reason to vaccinate, even if we're healthy, is to show our love to mm-hmm. others. You know, it sounds corny, but it's totally true.
1: It is, yeah. We're protecting one another. That's the right. beauty of living in a society where exactly. we're all connected.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: And you know, in terms of risk, it is true kids with asthma, certain genetic conditions, or those born premature or with heart disease are at higher risk of developing severe COVID. But we have seen healthy, happy kids catch it and end up very sick. You know, so it's not that everyone is immune just if they are, you know, healthy. Um, And we have to talk about disparities in race, ethnicity, Mm -hmm. socioeconomic status, and geography. Not all communities have had equal access to the vaccines, even now you know, or equal access to accurate information or to healthcare services. So we have seen higher rates of severe illness in families who identify as Black, Latinx and Native American or people in poverty or people in certain rural and urban areas. So it's so important that everyone in all of our communities reduce the risk by getting vaccinated.
0: Okay, so we know that there are so many more questions out there. Like, so
1: many. <laughs> we can go on all
0: day. Right, exactly. Like, you know, what do we do if your child has a birthday between COVID vaccine doses and is eligible for a different dosage for dose number two, or whether you can mix and match Moderna and Pfizer vaccines? So we have a helpful link to FAQs from the AAP in our show notes at HippocraticCoast.com. So go there and check it out. And that brings us to our Physician Mom Hack of the Week.
1: All right. So I'll admit it. I love vaccines. I do.
0: My name is Lauren and I love vaccines. <laughs> <Yes>. I <laughs> I'll love be here her at love- every meeting. Yes.
1: <laughs> I need help. Like I, I, just, I just love them. I mean, I'm a pediatrician. I can't help it. I can't help it. Prevention. Like we just, it's, they're, it's, they're just amazing. Right? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. But I know that not all kids love them. <laughs> You know, and some have developed, you know, honestly, a real anxiety to vaccines mm-hmm. or needle phobia. And this is especially true, I find, for older kids and teens. For the babies, it's sort of like, hey, you, you know, sing a song, distract them and and pick them they up. They have no and idea. They have, they have yeah. no idea. They're like back <laughs> in the stroller living their, right. their, living their good life, right? But for <laughs> older kids, like, they have a sense of what mm-hmm. to expect. And that definitely can build some, like, real anxiety. Absolutely. So here's our hack.
0: Consider having your child listen to calming music or a soothing voice while the vaccines are being given to them. And you don't need to spend time searching for one online, because we've got you. (laughs) The Lucille Packard Children's Hospital and Stanford Children's Health have created three audio files with a very calming voice that walks you, your child, or teenager through guided imagery to distract from the vaccine. So rather than thinking about the needle, you're guided through imagining that you're in your favorite place or on a magic carpet. Mm-hmm. They suggest practicing with this ahead of time, or you can jump right into using it, you know, right when the needle's there. This is an awesome resource for other procedures or activities that might bring anxiety. So bookmark it for later. We'll link to the site in our show notes at HippocraticHost.com.
1: So that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you subscribe, we really appreciate it. And review us on Apple Podcasts. Reviewing us actually helps other people like you find the podcast. And we might pick your review to share in a future episode. For example, Nova Mama Doc says, smart, witty, and engaging. They tackle the hard conversations and typical mom concerns.
0: Aw, thanks, Nova Mama Doc. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And thanks to all of you and talk to you soon.
1: Thanks for listening to Health at Home with the Hippocratic hosts. Remember that all views expressed here are our own, not our employers, and all content is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical advice nor the establishment of a doctor-patient relationship. Always consult your own physician or healthcare team for any medical issues.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us, subscribe, and tell a friend. And check out our website at www.hippocratichosts.com for show notes on this and all our episodes. Can't wait to chat with you next time.